All right, we have been in a series called This I Believe, and we're continuing it. Uh, we've got a few more weeks left of this, I believe. I have had so much fun uh, writing the messages for this, I believe. Uh, it's just been a blast to really get into the idea of what do we believe? Why do we believe it? Why is this thing important? Why is that thing important? Is that what we think? Why is this church different than other churches I've gone to? Uh, there's some very, very important uh, topics we've talked about, from communion to the Holy Spirit to who God is to how to develop theology to uh, all kinds of different stuff. And so uh, from how we interpret the Bible, like everything, baptism, communion, it's all been in there. And uh, we want to encourage you, if you are new to the church, you always wondered why we take communion the way we do or how, what our views on baptism are and things like that, you can check out the past uh, messages uh, via podcast on our website or on our app, and you can uh, download those things. It'd be great for if you're uh, driving. I could put you to sleep driving. Um, no, Kelly actually listens to my uh, podcasts all the time because she's hardly ever in here because she's always in the back uh, when she's driving. I always was in danger. I thought, are you going to gonna fall asleep here and, uh, and endanger the family? She's like, no, 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 this keeps me awake. I was like, okay. Um, I don't know how many husbands can say that about their voices to their wife at the Maybe she gets so mad just hearing my voice in her head that she stays away. I don't know. Anyway, you guys are all like, this is awkward laughter right here. Um, <clears throat> this, I believe, we're talking about prayer today. Talking about prayer. What do we believe about prayer? Why is prayer important? How do we do it? Why should we do it? And how does this whole thing work? You've got to pray just to make it today for all you 90s children and Mr. MC Hammer, the reverend, actually, now. Um, we're going to talk about prayer. People think about prayer. They look at prayer. They go, ah, 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 mm. they all have different kinds of responses to prayer. A lot of it is like when you think of someone who prays, you think of this uber holy person. Oh, well, I'm not that person. So I don't even know why I should try in prayer. You think of little, little, little this, this prayer warrior grandma is what I have in my head. And well, I'm not that. So I might as well not even try to pray, pray or man, God doesn't even listen to me when I pray because it never seems like anything ever happens when I pray. We, we have all these different excuses and these ideas that pop into our head when we think about prayer. Uh, maybe it is you, you don't pray because you're not sure how to pray. Maybe you don't pray because you get bored or distracted while trying to pray. It's okay. You can admit that. You don't have to nod your head or raise your hand. Right? Maybe you think your requests are too small for God. He, he doesn't care about my prayer. I, I'm not that important. Maybe you're not sure if your prayers will make a difference. So you just decide, I, I'm not even going to pray. And those are all legitimate fears, legitimate hesitancies to prayer. However, we need to reshape the way in which we even think about prayer. If those are the excuses that pop into your head, if those, are those the detractors that come into your head? When you think about prayer, we kind of got to reshape maybe your whole idea of what prayer is. Prayer is simply talking to God. And so to pray, to even entertain the idea of prayer, you have to have a few things. You have to just a few couple assumptions. If you're going to entertain the idea of prayer, you have to have these assumptions. If you don't have these assumptions, then prayer is kind of going to be this weird thing that you don't understand. And, and that's okay. If that's where you're at this morning, I understand that. I'm hoping that maybe we can show you why prayer is so, so important. But prayer is simply communicating with God. In Psalm 5, verse 1 through 3, David writes, Give... In the, <laughs> 
he writes this psalm as he's running away from an army who's trying to kill him. This is, this is a guy who, who writes more prayers down in the Bible than anybody else. And most of his prayers are, are written down in psalms as he's actively running away from a hit squad. Okay, so this is this is the, the idea of what uh, Psalms kind of communicates in these these desperation prayers. But he says, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my sighing, listen to my cry for help, my king and my God for you. I pray in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. And in the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. David sets out the, uh, the parameters of what prayer is like David's not even being eloquent, right? You hear my sighing, you hear my groaning, you hear my cry for help. It's not that David's like, well, I had a very good argument with a four points of why you should accept my request, God. No, David just says, you heard me in my, ah! And you listen to that. And that's a reshaping, a reframing, a, re, a kind of a flipping of maybe how we viewed prayer in our life. I don't have the right words to say, God. If you ever want to strike fear into a men's group, you look at them and you say, okay, guys, we're going to pray today. And they're like, great, you're the pastor, you do it. So at our life group, I prayed and I prayed and prayed. And I was like, all right, so who wants to pray for that? And, they're, and people are raising their hand. And, and then I said, okay, you pray out loud for that. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was not expecting to sign up for praying out loud. I was just going to pray like throughout the week for that. You're putting me on the spot here, chief. <clears throat> and it's always fun times for me. It's the life group always goes down by like 10 people right after that, uh, that time. But we, we, we do that because if you, there's this idea that in our heads and even our, our masculine heads that we have to have all the words down. We have to have it written out. What does David say praying was? You heard me in my sighing, in my crying for help. That's not eloquent. That's not. That's just, oh, God, I need you. Prayer is communicating with God. So we're going to talk to God. We have to have these, these underlying assumptions, these underlying beliefs. If you want to talk to God, you have to believe in God. This is it's kind of you're like, duh. But you have to believe in God. Even, you know, the, the, the foxhole prayers. God, help me. Get me out of this. God, do this for me. Whatever. You have to have some sort of understanding. You don't have to have a total understanding of God before you can pray. You don't have to have like a systematic theology is memorized. You don't have to have a master's degree in, in Bible to pray. You just have to have a very small underlying belief in God, that he exists. And from there, God will take the rest of it. You have to have the right posture towards God. And you have to be willing to explore a relationship with God. These are the three, if you can do these three things, you can pray. Okay, A belief in God, a posture towards God, and be willing to explore the relationship with God. We're going to talk a lot about posture today. What does this mean? What does that look like? Because <clears throat> I believe the way in which our posture stands when we start to pray to, uh, to God, that dictates everything else about our prayer life. It's our, about our posture. So how do we talk to God? With correct posture, with gut-level honesty, about everything that matters to you. You pray continually and you listen. And these will all be in uh, bullet points later. So if you didn't catch those, don't get all frazzled about it if you're a note taker. The first thing is with correct posture. See, I have prayed in all different tones of voice. I've yelled, I've cried, 
I have groaned. I have talked like I talked to a friend. I've talked like I talked to a, my father. I've talked like I do um, when I'm in pain. I've talked out of joy. I've talked out of sorrow. I've talked out of victory. I've talked very eloquently in a prayer. I've written down prayers that I've given at you know, different political functions and, and at the Will County uh, I remember, the board meetings with all the different people. Uh, you know, those, those things are all written down. I got to get those right. You know, I'm in front of a bunch of people. One of the first times I ever uh, prayed publicly as uh, when I was training to be a pastor, it's one of the first times I went to a wedding that was happening in Kelly's family. So they found out I was going to be a pastor. So, of course, they asked me to pray at the wedding. Thanks. I don't even know you. This is my first impression to the whole extended family. You're going to pray. And so I'm, I pray, and I, I didn't prepare anything. I just was like, okay, God bless this couple, blah, 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 blah. Did, did, did just the college, the 20-year-old Jared thing. And, um, but I was nervous, and they're like, wow, he should really be a pastor. He prays so good. And I thought, we're judging our prayer. And I was like, thank you, because he's great aunt whatever, and that was nice. But she didn't say, wow, he's terrible. So that would have been terrible. That would have been bad. But we're judging our prayer life on the words in which we say, not in which, not the attitude in which it's, it's, it's brought. And that's a problem to me. Because as I think about prayer, as I study prayer in the Bible, this truth comes out. Your posture matters more than your prose. Your posture matters more than your prose. Your posture matters more than your prose. If you don't take out anything else from today's message, please take this sentence. Your posture matters more than your prose. It matters more in how you are saying than what you actually said. Because let's be honest, if we're talking to the creator of the universe, none of our words are going to be perfect. (laughs) All right, we're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to be theologically inaccurate in our, in our conversations. We're going to say stupid stuff. Just as a three-year-old trying to describe the inner workings of an engine to their father gets something wrong. But you know what? I want to know your posture, not your prose. Does this make sense? Because this idea, it, it dictates everything else about our prayer life. Your posture matters more than your prose. I've gone to lots of different prayer meetings. And I've been, uh, the most fantastic prayer meetings I've ever been a part of were my student ministry prayer meetings of our student leaders. So we're talking 17 and 18 year old kids um, just laid out face first in a youth room, just crying out to God. Like those meetings were just like, woo, this is actually happening where you can feel the presence of God just thick in the place. And you're like, whoa, the absolute worst prayer meetings I've ever been to were the elder meetings of that same church. I'm not saying our elder meeting prayer meetings are bad, okay? Uh, but the elder meetings of that church, I walk in that place and I'm like, what is going on? It's because the posture was different. Now you have a physical posture. Sometimes when you pray, you get on your knees, you get on your face. Sometimes you, you do different things, right? I don't very often pray for my knees, to be honest. I also don't very often pray lying down in my bed because you know what happens? <laughs> happens. Right? So posture is important, but I usually pray when I'm walking around and going on a walk and, and, and just moving. That's just how uh, I normally do that. Okay? But posture matters. The posture of the elders in the, that, that prayer meeting, I will never forget that night because I was just like, what is going on? Was God, hear my prayer because I'm important. 
And this, I want you to bless this ministry because this is, each one of the elders prayed for their own little kingdom inside the church. And I was like, I got, I, that's how I felt. I had to start praying for myself. I was like, God, I'm getting like indignant and I'm getting mad. And that's probably not going to be helpful in a, in, a, in a room full of my bosses. So, so I just kept on, I kept on praying for that. I was like, God, this is just weird because the posture was off. But then you go to a, kids who don't know anything about anything. Kids, the most self-absorbed person that you know is probably a 17-year-old, right? But those are the kids that are just face first, lying down in, in, a, in a room with all their friends in it, crying out for God to enact something in their lives or enact in, in something in somebody else's life. And that was so beautiful because the posture, the interior posture was different. It was submissive. It was, God, I, I'm not good enough. I'm not big enough. I don't know enough for you to fix. Just fix, daddy, fix this. Posture matters more than your prose. Was it eloquent prayers? No. We'd, I'd listen. Jimmy was there too sometimes. You'd listen to some of these prayers and you're like, oh, that's just so wrong. Like they got, oh, oh, like a heretic. Like that's just bad because they just, they just don't understand what they're saying. But it wasn't about the, the, the right order of words. It was about the posture in which it's given. About total submission to God. God can overlook all that stuff. I hear your heart. Just as David is talking about in Psalms chapter, uh, Psalms chapter 5, I just, you hear my sighing and my groaning and my, my cries. Posture matters more than prose. You may come from um, a background that likes to write down their prayers. I was given a, a book of prayers that was all written down. Um, someone gave me the, the, this book. and it's, all, it's a book of all these prayers. And I was like, I, I don't know what this is. I've never read a book of prayers before. That's just not how I grew up. But you may have grown up where all prayers are, are, are kind of written down and you do, do these things. You can pray that way. That's not invalidated, not, not wrong in any way, shape, or form. Because posture matters more than prose. It doesn't matter if it's written down or it's words that you've come up with because your posture matters. The idea of being submissive to God and, being, and coming, uh, coming toward God on your knees comes from the idea, comes from a worldview that had emperors, it had Caesars, it had kings. Authority was to be respected in a way. So this idea of I need an intermediary or, or I need something else to kind of go talk to the important person, that's where that, that, that comes from, from that kind of worldview. It also has this idea of I don't look the king in the eye. I don't come waltzing into the, into the emperor's office like, hey, buddy, this is what you're going to do. Right? We, that's not how this works. You come in and you get on your knees and you're like, oh, man, uh, he can kill me at any time. This could go really good or this could go really bad. There's a different kind of posture in that. Like we, we don't, as Americans, you know, 4th of July is this week. We don't think of our, our leaders in that way. We're not like, oh, man, you're our state representative. Woo! Got to get grovel and get on my knees as I walk in. You know, we're, we don't think about that about our senator. We don't think about that about our president. We don't, that's not how it goes. We'll, we'll lambash anybody, right? Whether from Madigan to, to Trump. We don't care. We'll just rip them all apart. We have no respect for that kind of thing where there's a different different kind of attitude back when the Bible was written, because if you explored that freedom of speech, you probably would have lose your tongue or your head. So there's a different kind of idea. I've, I've got this submissive posture. Your posture matters more than your prose. Something that's really been teaching me this lately 
is my daughter, Kendall. Uh, my, my kids do touch, physical touch, differently. Um, Bowen is actually more touchy-feely than, than Kendall is. He just won't let you know it. <clears throat> so if I'm sitting on a couch and I'm watching, uh, we're watching a show together, I'm watching our Star Wars Rebels together on Sunday night when Kelly comes to youth, um, <clears throat> he starts at the end of the couch. By the end of the half an hour, he's like in my lap all cuddled in like this, right? Because he can't, he can't start out with touch, but he just kind of does this little shimmy, 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 and then he's there, right? And I'm like, okay, okay, you, you be you, buddy. You just start down there. <laughs> and Kendall, who can't sit still to save her life, I have no idea where she gets that. <laughs> Kelly, apparently. Um, she... Um, she will jump into your lap and curl up in your lap and daddy. And I'm like, yes, you can have a pony. What, you know, whatever you need, you can have it all. She curls up into your lap and she's there, but she can't sit still. She just squirms, 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 squirms. And that poor girl, she can't tell a story to save her life. She gets it from her mother and her grandmother before her. Like I got all the details. I have no idea where the story's going. It just keeps on going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And I absolutely love every single sentence. I don't care if it has a point or if it doesn't have a point. I want to know the details. How was your day? How did you stub that toe? How far did that splinter go in? What's the matter? Bowen? Boom, 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 boom. He gives me just the facts, man. It's like real in there. And, and out. But it's a different kind of idea. But both of them are curling up into my lap. One of them a little slower. One of them just dives on in. And this is the posture I want us to think of when we think of prayer. This is what matters more than the pros. Because even Jesus himself in, in Mark chapter 14 says, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but your will. Abba, it means Papa, Daddy. This is right before Jesus is going to be crucified, okay? But he says, Daddy. And I love that this is in there. If Jesus himself is referring to God this way, how else do we get to refer to him? We don't have to be, oh, great and glorious, blah, 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 and all these, all these things. No, 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 no. It's not about the pros. Daddy, I want to climb in your lap. I want to tell you about my day. I want you to hear this. And that's so beautiful. And that's the posture. If we can just get that into our heads, that we're not trying to put on airs. We're not trying to be something we're not. We're not trying to come up with words. And, and oh, I think I heard that theological term once, so I'm going to throw it in there. That we're just saying, Daddy, I need you. And this hurts. Right? We have that. And that's legitimately like 90% of my prayers. Daddy, I need you. And this hurts. Now, that might be so-and-so has got cancer. That might be my heart hurts because I don't know what to do about this. That might be the, this anxiety I'm dealing with. That might be all these other things. But if you boil it down, what it truly is is, Daddy, it hurts. Can you fix it? And that's all about posture. I think that when you, when you pull such a strong father image into your prayer life, you run the risk of, of something. Those of us with awesome dad 
uh, examples are like, oh yeah, that's great. I can totally buy into that. Those of us with bad father examples are really hesitant to it. It's hard to buy into because the last thing you do is like, every time I jumped in my dad's lap, I got beat or this happened or this happened or this happened. And you've got to, I hope that we can, we can step into that a little bit today and just say, that's not who your dad is in God. He will never leave you. He'll never beat you. He'll never abuse you. He will never take advantage of you. He is the great father. He is the perfect father. And no matter what you've hurt, no matter what has happened, he always has time for you to climb up in his lap and for you to talk to him. And that is incredibly important. It's also incredibly liberating. And some of you this morning, whether you're male or female, and you may not think it's very manly, it doesn't matter. We all, in some instances of our life, just want to curl in our daddy's arms. I mean, it's been probably almost 30 years since I curled up in my daddy's arms, and he's got big arms. But there's times you're just like, you know what? I need a hug. I need one of those bear hugs that annoy the tower out of me, but I just need that bear hug where he squeezes, squeezes the life out of you and you can't breathe for like a month afterwards. Like sometimes you're just like, I need that. I, need, I just need to know that I'm loved. I need to know that I'm cared for. And that's when we pray with the right kind of posture. That's what comes. So we say, Dad, I want to jump in your arms. All right. How else do we pray? Now that we got the right posture, do you guys understand that words don't matter? It's posture. Saying the right things at the right time. It's not a magic incantation. That's, that's what gets so frustrating to me is people think, well, I prayed this way and I prayed the right way and I did all this stuff and I held my teeth right and I was like on one foot. It should have worked. That's not how it works. It's not magic. It's a conversation. You tell in the details of your life to God. How do we do that? We talk with gut level honesty. Moses is probably the second most important person in the Bible after Jesus, okay? He is in the, in the, the scripture, in Exodus 5, he's, this is his prayer to God. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since we went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon his people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Like, if we, if we served a Zeus-type God, lightning bolts would start coming down, right? He is whining. He's like, you're a junky God. It's basically what Moses is saying. It's like, uh, hey, bud, you want to keep your end of the bargain? Are you, uh, you going to do something? You, you on vacation? I know it's July, but come on here. Uh, what, what's going on? That's what he's, what he's saying there. Did you hear that in, in Exodus chapter 5? This is Moses. Moses, the guy who sees God so much that his face radiates with light, and people are like, dude, you got to put a cover on that. That actually happens in the Bible. But Moses' prayer life, prayer life is gut-level honesty. God, I, I don't know what you're doing right now. I, it kind of feels like, what, what are you doing? Why does this hurt so bad? Why are you letting us down? Some of us, we'd quit praying because that's the kind of prayer that's going to be said. Like if we're honest with God, we kind of want to look at him and be like, wait, what are you doing? And that's okay. 
because of this gut level honesty. This idea of, I, I'm just going to be real with you. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not trying to put on these airs and these these and these thous. Have you ever, I've been around people who prayed and the only times they use these and thous, they don't even read the King James Version of the Bible, but they will put a thee and a thou, thouest in, in, in a prayer. And you're like, what are you, what are you doing? Why? Why would you do that? Because I just want to be gut level honest with you. God, it feels like you're disappointing me. I, like something's broken here. I was like, am I out of signal? Or what, what's going on? Because I don't know. But Moses follows that. So I feel, I feel pretty okay if Moses is going to do those kind of prayers, that I get to do those kind of prayers. But what's important is after you have that kind of prayer, you got to have the humility. Because if you have the right posture of curling up in your daddy's arms, then you can ask the cut level questions. Where we get in trouble, what we do wrong is we start with a gut level honesty and say, God, you didn't do this and you didn't do this. Like he's some sort of employee and he's get a bad performance review. Right? So I want you to hear that because we give the gut level honesty and we say, you're, you're, you're not doing your thing. You didn't heal this person. You didn't fix this issue. You didn't blah, blah. I didn't win the lottery last night. Right? But we don't have the right posture because we're treating God as, as the microwave in which we get our faith cooked out real quickly. You see the difference. But if we come at it with the right posture, then we, we kind of earn the right. We've stepped into the idea of, I'm going to be honest with you. We've taken a next level into our relationship. You ever had a friend who just speaks with gut level honesty? They're really kind of annoying to be around sometimes. I, I was talking to a friend uh, recently and I was like, yeah, but we're just talking about something you know, superficial. And I was kind of just, I was in a superficial mood. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to get deep. I just wanted to be superficial. How about the NBA? You know, let's just talk about that. And he's like, How, how's your heart, man? You doing all right? Everything okay with your marriage? LeBron James. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. Like, I didn't want to, ah, okay. And he just won't let up. He just keeps on, but, but, seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what, what, how's your heart? You doing okay? Ah. But then I have a choice. Am I going to let that happen or am I going to keep on shielding it? Some of us are not honest with ourselves enough to, to even step into these gut level honesty conversations. We're, not, we're kind of afraid of where that's going to lead us. We're kind of afraid of what God's answers to it is going to be. Got to be able to speak to God with gut-level honesty. Pray about everything that matters to you. Pray about everything that matters to you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And this whole idea, as you step into who God is and the correct posture, this becomes pretty easy. And just think about my daughter again. Think about a seven-year-old girl or a seven-year-old boy climbing up in your lap and just starting to speak what's going on in their day. Now, if you, this has come a lot clearer when I've had children who can communicate, okay? Um, and if you don't have children that can communicate, maybe this is still going to be kind of hard for you. But when you have that kind of age where they're starting to be able to, to formulate what they want or why that hurt or why, why this is weird or why someone so made them feel a certain way, it's this beautiful thing because they can come up to you and they don't have a filter. They're not like, oh, I'm not going to tell dad that. I'm not going to do... They don't have those filters built up yet. And so just kind of stream of consciousness just comes out. 
And all the junk of the day, whether it was a great day or why I got in a fight on the playground or why this so-and-so made me mad or why did I dig my fingernails into my brother. All these different things start coming out because there's not, a, there's not a filter there, but it's just, this is my daddy. This is my safe space. I need to talk to him about these things. And this is the, the idea. We talk about everything that matters to you because you know what? God is a God who knows everything. Okay? He knows everything. He knows already your day. Like, Tom, he knows what you had for lunch. He knows what you did. He knows the choices you made. He knows it. Now, for somebody like with my brain, then why should I talk to God? He's got it all down. But now being a father, I know what Kendall did all day. I know what she played with. I probably even know what she ate because it's not there anymore, and I was hoping for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> right? I, I know it all, but it's so much sweeter when it comes out of her voice, and it brings nuance, and it connects my heart to her heart when I hear it come out of her mouth. Does that make sense? So this excuse of, well, God already knows everything. Why in the world would I talk to him? Yeah, but he wants to hear it from you. Pray continually. This is what I I struggle with because I pray for something once and I'm like, okay, check, did it. Sharpie marker, mark it off the list. Next thing, uh, you know, but Paul in first Thessalonians says, be joyful always pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually all the time. That this attitude of prayer, this climbing up, this, what that means is have the correct posture of prayer all the time. We can't, you, know, it, you can't be praying actually all the time. It just doesn't work that way. Your brain doesn't, you have to have conversations with other people sometimes. But to have this attitude, this, this posture of prayer, and that can dramatically change the way in which you view things. Because when you have the posture of prayer all the time, your brain and your heart are, are open to see how God is working in your life. When you don't have a posture of prayer, when you don't have the correct posture, when you're not climbing up uh, in your daddy's arms, you don't see when God answered the prayer already. You're like, uh, God, so uh, about that thing, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't take care of it. And you, you, all you do is you get focused on the to-do list that you had for God. And you're not focused in on how he's answered these prayers and maybe more miraculous and amazing ways than you ever could have dreamed of. By praying continually, you start to open your brain up to all the potential and all the possibilities that God has for you. There's an acronym, if you're an acronym person, uh, called PUSH IT. PUSH. Pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. PUSH. Now, that's something that happens. It may be a no. It may be a wait. And it may be a Yes. With the correct posture, you can tell the difference, right? A lot of us like to pray, right? Well, God just hasn't answered that prayer yet. God just hasn't answered that prayer yet. He has. You just didn't pay attention to the answer or didn't like the answer, but it was no. Like, God, give me this job. God, I need this job. Give me this job. I mean, that person just lost your phone number. You ain't ever getting that job. But God, I'm believing I'm going to get this job. I said no. There's, there's a time I interviewed for a job I thought I'd be perfect at. Perfect for it. It was going to be a good paying job. This is before I moved here. So you're like, is he interviewing for jobs? No. Uh, but it was going to be a good paying job. I wasn't going to have to move my family. It was wonderful. I thought in my brain it worked out great. And when I did not get that job, I was crushed. 
just crushed. And all I was thinking was, God, I need this to support my family. I need this because I want to get out of the situation. And in actuality, thinking about it now five years later, I'm going, that would have been the worst move of my life. That would have been terrible. Now that I found out other things about that place, I probably would have like not been in ministry anymore. They would have chewed me up and spit me out, had me for dinner with A1 sauce. It would have been terrible. But in that moment, God answered with no, and that was the most gracious thing he possibly could have done for me. Kids are having fun today. That's awesome. Um, Pray until something happens with the correct posture. You can tell when it's a no, when it's a wait, when it's a maybe, when it's a yes. Just like if you're paying attention to your dad's voice, when you say, hey, dad, can I have this? You know when that no is a, oh, uh, not bringing that up again. Uh, Or if it's a, a, you know, we're going to revisit that that in a week. Um, Or if it's a, uh, uh, yes, okay, we can grab onto that. Bowen hasn't picked up on this yet. He gets a no. He's going to be a great salesman if that's what he chooses to do. He gets a no. He can, brings it back up. I'm like, boy, you're going to get beat. And it's by your mama, not even me. And you got to do a lot to get that happening. Uh, so uh, he just w- will not let it go because he just keeps on bringing it up. He's, he needs to figure that out. Some of us, we, we, we don't have that right posture, and we, we haven't paid attention to our daddy's voice enough to know what's, what's that look like. Do you guys understand that? I know I'm pushing this, this daddy thing a lot today, but um, it has a lot to do with prayer. Pray until something happens. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Finally, and listen for his response and listen for his response. And then after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went and stood at the mouth of the cave. 1 Kings 19. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. When we have climbed up into our daddy's arms, we start to understand his voice. This is a huge part in prayer, and it's one that we don't do very well. I know I don't do it very well. I say my piece in prayer, and then I fall asleep. I I say my piece in prayer, and then I don't listen to the answers. I ask for God for guidance and all kinds of things, and I don't listen for his guidance. I know I'm the only person in the room that does that, right? But we've got to set apart time just to listen, to quiet our brains. There's an off button on that TV, and you don't have to bring up Facebook on your phone, right? We have have busy lives. We have all kinds of noise going on in this, but... But God wants to speak into your life, and sometimes we don't quiet ourselves enough to listen to his response. I, um, when I quiet myself, there's several times I was like, well, I had a time in my life I had a huge decision to make, and I asked my, my really close friends to fast with me uh, over this decision. And I said, guys, I don't know what to do. I am totally at a loss. I have no idea. What I'm going to do is I'm going to fast until I have clarity from God. I'm just going to fast. I don't know if that's going to be a day, three days, a week. I don't know. I'm going to fast for this. And I would love it if you and my brothers in Christ would fast with me. And they said, we will do that for you. And I fasted for about nine hours. And God had given me, this is what you need to do. This is what's going on. Like, a, like it's one of the most clear times God gave me an actual bullet point of this is how you, what you need to do in your life. I called my friends. I was like, hey, you can stop fasting now. They're like, What? 
Like I was, I was going to buy protein shakes. I was already, man, we're going to go the long distance here. And I was like, God answered these prayers already. We don't have to do it anymore. And part of me is like, I got to fast more. I got to prove I'm holy. I got to, got to earn my merit badge. Right. But no, God was like, now you shut up long enough. You quit whining. I can talk to you. It really was a short time. I always remember it because I was like, oh, I was prepared. I was like a 30-day fast. I was going to be like a, you know, Moses or whatever, 40 days without food. Woo! I'm going to be awesome. Nine hours, something like that. But what the difference was, instead of having all this noise go on in my head, I quieted and listened to God's response, and it was beautiful. Today we're going to sing a song, um, Good, Good Father. And I want, as the band comes up to, to do that, I want to, we're going to close with that. But before we do that, we're going to hand out, uh, ushers, I want you to come forward. We're going to hand out communion. Because with this idea of what, um, we've talked about the Father, we've talked about Good, Good Father, we've talked about praying to our Father. Um, I think it's very, 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 very appropriate for us to, to sing that song this morning, but also to slow ourselves down enough to take communion. Now, if you were here for our communion um, Sunday, we talked about what the elements mean. Now, here at Short Church Guy, we practice open communion, which is, means if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are more than welcome to take communion with us. You don't have to take a class or go to do anything like that. If you believe in Jesus, you can take communion with us. Um, but what we see in these elements, and what I see in these elements, is freedom. It's freedom from my past. It's freedom from the sins. The the give me an element here, Steve. Thank you. This bread broken is a symbol of of God breaking the bondage on our lives. It's it's breaking all that junk. It's breaking the stuff that has held us captive. It's Him rescuing us, and the the grape juice here is the symbol of God's blood being poured out for us, washing away our sins. This represents freedom. That we have the freedom to step into the lap, to jump into the lap of the creator of the universe. Think about how amazing that is. The one that created you, the one that knit you together in, his mother's, in your mother's womb, he says, you know what? You have the freedom to come to me to share your heart with me, to be mad at me, to love me, to cry with me, to laugh with me. That's what prayer is, and that's what communion offers us. It represents that kind of freedom. So as you take these elements at some point during this next song, I'm not going to guide you into when to take them. You take them on your own whenever you'd like. Um, just do it with that kind of mentality. Do it with that kind of openness, with the right posture this morning. Amen.